Good morning. Come on now. There you go. See, it wasn't that hard, was it? Okay. I know that we said you can do whatever you want in the service, but sometimes we're going to make you do stuff for your own good. You know, it's like eat your vegetables. It's good for you. Sometimes you need to get a little excitement around the fact that Jesus Christ died and, and then, oh, by the way, conquered death. So that you can have some life. Yeah. So uh, one thing I want to say before we get rolling in this is Friday night we had our Seder meal uh, here in, uh, in the CLC. And there was about 200 people, uh, just under 200 people that came to celebrate that event and to talk about the fact that Jesus Christ is the Passover lamb uh, once and for all. And it was a really, really cool uh, event and time. And uh, next year when we have it, we would love um, love for you to come and to be a part of that as well. Uh, and then coming up in May, now that we're done pushing the Seder, we're going to push the New Heights Family Picnic, May 10th, uh, in Seguin at a river house. And we are going to have a great time. Smoke Shack is going to be out there. And, uh, and then we're going to, uh, to baptize some people. And if you would like more information about being baptized, let me tell you, there is no better river to be baptized in than the Jordan of South Texas, the Guadalupe, right? So we'd love to have you there. Um, welcome to, uh, to Easter Sunday. Welcome to this service. And I know many of you are here uh, because it is Easter Sunday and you show up. And then I know a lot of you are here because you're praying just a little bit harder before tip off at 1230, right? You're just like one more prayer in God. Come on. Uh, go Spurs go is what Chris Estes, who is a rabid Spurs fan, has had season tickets forever, just walked off of his car and he goes, go Spurs go, I'm out. <laughs> just like he's on his way, I'm sure, to the game. Good. Uh, so last week we talked about, um, we talked about Good Friday, right? Last week, if you were here, we talked about the cross and the events that occurred when Jesus died. If you remember the story, what we said was, um, or what the, what the scripture says is when Jesus gives up his final breath and he dies, these earthquakes just started shaking. The temple curtain is torn in two. The thing that separated us from God and God from us, it's just ripped from top to bottom. These tombs, these tombs are opened, and then these dead people wake up, and after Jesus is resurrected, they come out and they walk around and go, hey, remember me? You thought I was gone. Um, but there's amazing things, amazing things that happen. This, uh, just events that shook people so greatly that the Roman soldiers, you remember, that are standing guard over this, they like go, oh my gosh, he surely is the son of God. And what I said was, this is one of those moments where God is going, hey, pay attention. Something big is about to happen. That is one of those grab you by the, the, the shirt collar and go, hey, let's do this. It's one of those moments where God is telling us that something great is about to happen. And what is it that is about to happen? Oh, yeah, this is good stuff. But before we get to it, I want to go back a little bit into John chapter 11. John chapter 11 uh, is the story of Lazarus, a friend of Jesus. In verse 33, it says, When Jesus saw her weeping and saw the other people wailing with her, he was moved with indignation and was deeply troubled. Where have you put him? He asked them. They told him, Lord, come and see. Then Jesus wept. The people who were standing nearby said, See how much he loved him. But some said, this man healed a blind man. Why couldn't he keep Lazarus from dying? And again, Jesus was deeply troubled. 
Then they came to the grave. It was a cave with a stone rolled across the entrance. And if you know the rest of the story, what if you know that first, let's go previously in the life of Lazarus, what has happened? He gets sick. His sisters, Mary and Martha, they send to Jesus. They're like, Jesus, Lazarus, your buddy is about to die. He's really sick. Come and heal him. And Jesus goes, nah, no thanks. We're going to wait here for a few days. He's waiting for him to die. And so he does. When he dies, Jesus goes and he sees all this stuff. And Mary and Martha both come to it at different times. If you would have been here, you could have saved him. They just are missing it. And he comes to this tomb. And he has this moment of, where is he? And he goes and people are like, hey, isn't he the guy that healed a blind man? He could have healed him. And it's like, okay, how about this? Lazarus, come out. Do you remember what happens? He does. Like, how cool would that have been? To, how freaky cool would that have been if you're standing there and your brother is dead and he's been dead for four days? You know, Jesus is like, hey, roll the stone away. And Martha's like, Jesus, it's going to stink. It's like he's been dead for four days. It's going to be horrible. Don't do this. He's like, roll the stone away. Lazarus, come out. Here comes Lazarus wrapped in all this burial cloth, right? Just like this mummy walking. It's just a great scene. It's okay to go. That's kind of funny to think about that. And, you know, he walks out in these cloths. And Jesus is like, hey, unwrap him and let him go. Now, the interesting thing about this, one, that he raised someone from the dead. But what I love about this is Jesus' reaction here. There's a couple of times in here when, in this translation, it says that he was deeply troubled in his spirit. In other translations, it says that he was angry. Like he goes and he sees Mary crying and then other people wailing. And some of them were probably paid people to come and wail because they did that to make it seem more dramatic uh, in those days. Um, but, and he sees this and he gets mad. And then he weeps. It says, you know, that, that, that's, we all know that. Shortest verse of the Bible. Jesus wept. And, and then they have these reactions and people are going, different, saying different things about him. Oh, wow, he must really have loved him. And then what does he do again? Gets angry again. Right? This is just a weird kind of thing going on here. Because if you look at this, Jesus walks up and uh, if he's mad that Lazarus is dead, well, then be mad at yourself, Jesus, because you were the one who waited. So I don't think that's what it is. He knew that he was going to die. He was waiting so that he would die. So that he could come and say, Lazarus, come on out. Is he mad at Mary and Martha and the rest for not really getting what it's all about, what the resurrection is? Earlier he goes, she says, you know, the resurrection, the last day. Jesus says, I'm the resurrection. Seriously, how do you not see this? I feel that way about you people sometimes. Not even a little. That could be it, but I think more what it is, is is Jesus is mad at death. He's just like building up this anger. He's like, this, no more. He's so angry that it's just these tears are brought to him at the thought of one of his friends, any one of us, dying. And he's not going to take it anymore. And so essentially, this is his let's do this moment. 
Because if you know what happens from here, it is like bam, 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 bam. Things speed up. When Jesus brings Lazarus back from death, the Jews are like, that's it. We have had enough time for him to go. And the ball starts rolling very quickly. Jesus returns to Jerusalem. He goes in his triumphal entry. He goes to the upper room. He has the Seder meal with his disciples. And they go through. There's, there's four cups in the Seder meal, four cups of, of promises that God has made. The third one is the cup of redemption, that I will redeem you. It was this cup that Jesus changed the liturgy of the Seder and said, this is my blood. I am the Redeemer. I will redeem you. It was that moment right there in that Seder meal that the world just changes forever. Right after that, what happens? Judas betrays him. They're in the garden. The Roman soldiers come. They attack him. They take him back to be in front of Pontius Pilate. There's a, there's a, a trial of Caiaphas. And then they go to Pilate. And there's this trial and all this stuff going on. Then he's beaten and just whipped and just flesh coming off of his body with these whips. They put a crown of thorns on him. They load up the top part of the cross on his shoulders. And they're like, go, march up this hill. And when he gets to the end, they take nails that are seven, eight inches long. And they hammer them through his wrists, through his feet. And he says, it is finished. And he dies. Then we come to chapter 20 in the Gospel of John. Verse 11. Mary was standing outside the tomb crying. And as she wept, she stooped and looked in. She saw two white-robed angels sitting at the head and foot of the place where the body of Jesus had been lying. Why are you crying? The angels asked her. Because they have taken away my Lord, she replied, and I don't know where they've put him. She glanced over her shoulder and saw someone standing behind her. It was Jesus, but she didn't recognize him. Why are you crying? Jesus asked. Who are you looking for? She thought he was the gardener. Sir, if you've taken him away, tell me where you've put him. I will go and get him. Mary, he says. And she turned and cried out, Rabboni. These are the words of the Lord. Thanks be to God. This is what God wanted your attention for. This moment. Just before this happens, Mary comes to the tomb and she's going to do this anointing. There's different traditions and things. And she gets there and she sees that the stone has been rolled away and that no one is in the tomb. So she freaks out. And runs back to find the disciples and she tells the disciples and so John and Peter take off in a foot race and they get to the tomb. And they look inside and they see that he is not there and it all starts clicking for them. Oh my goodness, the things that he has said. Oh yeah, he told us this was going to happen. He called his shot in three days. The temple will be torn down and in three days it will build again. And so they take off and they run back to tell the other disciples and they leave Mary there at the tomb and she has this experience. The two first things that are said to her are what? Why are you crying? Why are you crying? Why are you crying? See, what I think is going on is the 
the last time that Jesus cried, when he, said, when he wept over death, and he was, that's it. We don't do that anymore. This is a different life now. He's been resurrected. So why are you crying? It's this idea of living a resurrected life. What does that mean? Living a resurrected life. Living into this understanding that that tomb is empty. More so living into the understanding of what August told us earlier, that whatever tomb that you picture that has your name on it, Michael Paul Crocker, born February 27, 1974, died, to be determined later. Now look in that tomb and it's empty. Because that tomb can't hold me. That tomb cannot hold you. Because the ultimate enemy, death, has been defeated. Okay. If I understand that, and if I believe that, if I'm going to live my life as if I understand that I have eternal life, that that tomb cannot hold me, if I'm living my life that way, then I need to live my life that way. With the understanding that I am free. I am free from the things that oppress me. I am free from the addictions that attack me. I am free from the thoughts that fill my head. I am free from those things. They have no hold over me. Because that tomb's empty. They have no hold over you because that tomb is empty. Whatever it is, whatever that, that instance in your life that you feel like you're being enclosed into this tomb, whatever it is, it can't hold you in. Addiction cannot hold you in. Infidelity cannot hold you in. Lying cannot hold you in. Cancer cannot hold you in. I mean, that sounds like good news to me. I don't know. Maybe I'm the only one that struggles with things in this world. Maybe I'm the only one that needed to hear this message today. Hey, Michael, I'm just going to talk to myself for a second. Hey, you know those things that you really worry about? Like your daughter? Doesn't hold you in. Today's an interesting day in the life of Grace. It's on Easter Sunday that she does her miracles. It's this day that she first took something into her mouth. She took communion. She walked off the side of the CLC over there. For those of you that don't know, Grace went on a hunger strike early in her life. I don't know what she was protesting, but she was very adamant against it. And she stopped eating altogether. She got failure to thrive. She was dying, so we had to put a tube in her belly to feed her. It was on an Easter Sunday that she started to come back. It was on an Easter Sunday where uh, we got her body cast off. She had been living most of her life in this body cast that went from here all the way down to her ankles and her legs were in this horrible position. And we had to change diapers through a hole that was cut out in this cast. You think changing diapers is difficult? No, it's easy. Try taking it to the next level with a body cast. That's hard. 
but it was on Good Friday and Easter Sunday this weekend that we went up to Dallas where our doctors were and she came out of that tomb. It was around this time that she started walking for the first time. I don't know what it is. Her name's Grace. Of course, she's going to choose this holiday to do something great. I've only seen her a very brief moment today. But because I live a resurrected life, when I go over to my brother and sister-in-law's house and we're going to have the family thing that we do, the the honey-baked ham and the cookies that my mother-in-law makes that are like crack. They're so good. Oh my gosh. You should come over. Don't, because I won't give you any. Um, Just take my word for it. They're awesome. Um, Because I live a resurrected life, because I believe that that tomb is empty, because I believe that these things cannot conquer us, because I believe in the power of Jesus Christ, His death, His resurrection, because I believe in the power of the Holy Spirit. When I get over there, I expect her to tell me, I love you, Daddy. Because it is finished. And so is this sermon. Daryl, get up here, bail me out. Let's pray. Gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you and praise you for the gift of life that you've given us. That we celebrate on this day of all days. That death has no hold over us. That sickness, no hold over us. That we live a resurrected life. Because of that, Father, because we live a life of resurrection, we have power to conquer death. We have power to conquer sickness. We have power to conquer addiction. We have power to conquer affairs. We have power to conquer whatever it is that seeks to put us in a tomb. Because that tomb was empty. So too is ours. God, we thank you for that gift of life. We thank you for that gift of power. We thank you that that tomb is still empty.